back, starting hour number three of the program. Good stuff. Good stuff today. Ben Kenny producing the show. I'm Bill Michaels. Don't forget, coming up on Friday, we are going to be live at the Lakers Ice Arena in Sheboygan. If you want to come by and say hi there for the Midwest RV Show, compliments of our friends at Cunis RV. Monday, we are going to be at Stenny's, second of National Walkers Point in Milwaukee, and getting you ready for Brewers home opener as uh, the Brewers are going to be taking uh, taken to the field down at American Family Field. Come on down, uh, get yourself some food, Bloody Mary with us, whatever it happens to be. Take the shuttle. If you're going to the game, take the shuttle over to the game. They run shuttles to the game, numerous shuttles, numerous times. So they just kind of keep a steady stream of buses going, uh, both over and back, and uh, and go to the game or maybe just go over, enjoy the parking lot, and then come back uh, to Stenny's and watch the game regardless. But uh, going to have a good time coming up on Monday as well. So we got a lot of live stuff coming up. Um the uh, the the thought is that Jordan Love is being built up, and suddenly you know people are looking at him saying it's Jordan Love time, and here we go. And you hear Matt Lafleur tempering the expectations and such. Uh, let me say this, and, and I've stood steadfast in this. Okay, um, I have always thought. And until I see different, I'm going to continue to think that jumping up and getting Jordan Love in the first round was a mistake. I hope he proves me wrong. There was there was not much impressive there when it came to watching his college reels. What I saw up until the game against Philadelphia out of Jordan Love whether it be preseason or the regular season against Kansas City, the regular season against Detroit, uh, has been lackluster and unimpressive. I know you need time under center in the National Football League to really begin to get it. I understand that. But it wasn't just the decision-making. I mean, it was it was some of the throws. It just looked bad. Just the quarterback play in general just looked bad. And the one thing that uh, came out of the Philadelphia game was, and Gutekind alluded to it, he just let it rip. He made a decision to let it rip. Just, just off he went. And he looked good doing it. Now, if that's something that's going to be constant, great. If it's not, if it was a one-time thing or it was because the defense was playing back a little bit, the game was pretty much in hand for Philadelphia at that time, I, I don't know. We'll find out. We're, we're going to find out. But, you know, I get these people that say, you know, hey, uh, boy, have you changed your tune on Jordan Love? No, I haven't. As a fan, I hope he does well. But I've stood steadfast in saying, I don't think he's the guy. I just don't. I think drafting him at that time was a mistake. I think jumping up to get him was a mistake. I think putting all your chips and eggs in that particular basket has been a mistake and will be a mistake. Now, can this team, and I, I use a lot of different scenarios for hope and optimism. Hope and optimism reigns supreme. What the hell, you know? doesn't hurt anybody. But I have stood firm for a while now that it was a bad pick, the timing stunk, and that is the legacy with which Brian Gutekinds is going to be judged. So... <laughs> You're damn straight. They're going to temper expectations. They're going to do anything and everything they can to make him successful. But to me, what is going – the next two years of Jordan Love uh, hugely 
hugely are going to be a pivotal scenario in this franchise's history because if he's adequate but not really that good and they hang on to him, he's a boat anchor that's going to take you down. If he gets good, then great. Great. That's that's absolutely wonderful. Then this franchise will have 30-plus years of a knack for finding quality quarterback play. And really, even longer than that, if you go back to Don Mikowski, because Mikowski was pretty <laughs> solid, too, up until he got hurt. So even more than that, 40-plus years, whatever. But I, I've, I've stood steadfast in that for a long time. Didn't like the move then, still don't like the move. You're moving now because you have to. I mean, just, you know, you're dealing with reality for what it is and the circumstance with which we live. But I, I'm, I'm I, if, if, again, if I were going to sit down and start being a betting man, I would bet for a sub-500 season. I would bet for a season that maybe gets you close to 500 the following year, and then you have decisions to make. Because you're going to pick up that, that fifth-year option, but you're going to have to figure out if you want him as an unrestricted free agent and you want to hang on to him for a longer period of time. Is it going to be – is he going to cost Matt LaFleur his job? Is there going to be a coaching change, a defensive coordinator change? Is it what, – what's going to happen with the Green Bay Packers under the next two years with Jordan Love? How much trickle-down effect is there going to be? Or is this going to make Brian Gutekinds look like a genius? First two years, you're trying to wrap your arms around the organization. Okay, and I, I was explaining this with Ben the other day on the phone, uh, you know, because people say, well, you know, hey, you're just all you're doing is you're, you were the lead scout, one of the lead scouts, and you just moved up. Big deal. Now you're still doing the same thing. It's different. If you're the best widget maker on an assembly line, and now all of a sudden you're in charge of the assembly line and all the people that run it, you're not making widgets anymore. You're in management. Now you got to wrap your arms around management. You know what it takes to make a widget, but do you know what it takes to budget for the widget? Do you know what it takes to budget for the people that are underneath you? Do you know what it takes to find the talent to, f- to fill your position for people to make widgets? You know, you you, you got to wrap your arms around it. It took, it took Brian Gutekinds a couple of years to wrap his arms around it, to get all his pieces in place. There's a learning curve there. Same thing with quarterback. And then after that, things started to look a little bit better. The drafts got a little bit better. Scouting got a little bit better. There's some better players that they have found. Now we wait and see. Now we wait and see. Jordan Love has had three years behind a, (laughs) albeit arrogant, but an unbelievable savant when it comes to the game of football. He has been given access to the eyes and the mind of one of the best to ever play the game. Now, can he do it the same? No. But he's got to figure out how well he can do it in his version of that. And I I have my skepticism. I really do. And I'm sorry to be the bucket of cold water on many people's parade. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Greg says uh, the NFL is full of bad widget makers. That I would agree with that. Um, JJ says, I hope the team does great, but 
if they are totally abysmal, would you assume Goody and Matt LaFleur are gone? Ooh, not this year. Again, I think circumstances are, it depends on how you go down. I, I, I think it's, it's, do you go down because of injury? Yeah, you know, suppose, suppose Jordan Love takes two snaps under center. Game one, gets drilled, separates his shoulder, and he's down for the rest of the season. You know, that, that's an injury. That takes you down, you know. But suppose everybody's healthy and the team just looks bad. Defense can't stop anybody. Offense can't move the football. Love looks lost. Doesn't really progress. Offense is just herky-jerky. Christian Watson doesn't look good. Romeo Dobbs doesn't look good. You know, then you start to lose the locker room. Guys are starting to speak up a little bit. Rumors and innuendos, fingers getting pointed. Then, yeah, I would assume that there's a there's going to be uh, some people's jobs that are going to be attached to this. Absolutely. Rick says we haven't seen enough of love to even think if he's going to be great or serviceable. Oh, I, I've seen his his... You know, I've seen his college, and I've seen him play, and I've seen every snap he's taken in the NFL. I've I've seen quite a bit. I could tell you um, I can go back over the years and look at quarterbacks that I've seen coming into the league. Brett Hundley, awful. They kept telling us how good he was going to be. Brian Brom, awful. I saw David Klingler when he was in Cincinnati. Didn't get it. You know, I can go through Achilles Smith, great talent, two-cent head. Dumb as a stump. You can look to guy, look at guys and see them physically. You can talk to them. You can get their, they get their sense. Jordan Love is an intelligent guy. I don't know if he has the physical capability to do what's in his head to make it happen in that split-second anticipatory window that you need between your head and your arm. And that's what makes you the difference between being serviceable and average or great, or terrible for that matter. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that physically they, they talk about athleticism and a big arm and strong and accurate, but the split second between your brain and your arm. Graham Mertz! All the talent in the world. For whatever reason, he was always going to make a bad decision in damn near every game he played. Just it just Jay Cutler, same thing. Jay Cutler had all the talent in the world. He just made some stupid decisions. The the split second between his head and his arm. You always knew. You always knew. So it just We'll see. Hope for the best. Man, I didn't know Graham Mertz was going to get ricochet shots today. I've, I've seen a lot of quarterback play, man. I've I just when, when you talk about guys that that show talent and show you flashes, and then they throw those one or two or three balls, and you're like, what the hell was that? Like we all saw it, and you're the only one in the whole stadium that didn't see it. That that the Graham Mertz. We'll see if Jordan Love comes out from uh, the Graham Mertz capabilities, the Jay Cutler capabilities. 
and I emerges think, higher than that. I think Mertz is a bit different here. Where like, college is tougher because, I mean, he was surrounded by, by nothing. And well, COVID happened. That's fine, and he, but he also made some decisions that were just inexplicable. He did. No, he did. I think his. Well, I think he he just got it was, destroyed. He had it no was line, that so that more, kind of yeah, played no, in. But but it was that more than anything that that caused the ire. I don't mind if you throw a couple of passes and you know you've got wide receivers that are tipping balls and they just don't make plays on it. That's one thing. But when you throw balls and people are just like looking at each other in the stands, going, "What in the actual?" And it's like, "I'm going to go get a hot dog." I have nothing left to say about this guy who can't seem to make a decision or see the field clearly. It's between your head and your arm and that instinct to throw the football. You know, the, that's that's what puts you between the elevated guys and the guys that are just average and the guys that are out on the uh, street looking for jobs. So, just just me. And if you don't have the arm strength to be able to do what your mind tells you to do. You may see a window opening up, but if you don't have the ability to zip it into that window, then that also is going to ultimately cost you, and you have to learn from your mistakes. What Rodgers learned early on, which made him so good, uh, I mean, he had obviously this incredible talent, but he also could see the field to say, I can't do that. I'm not going to risk it. And so while, yeah, there were times that we were frustrated he hung onto the ball, he also didn't turn it over. So that was part of it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please uh, give us a shout. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Scott Ellis, he's the one that put me in my home. He can do it for you as well, whether it's getting you a mortgage or maybe a refi. And I know the rates are crazy right now, but to get him uh, on the line and ask him about the 2-1 buy-down. I don't understand all the intricacies of it. That's not my bag. But I know one thing. When people are talking about 7 7 7.5%, 6.5%, even higher in some areas, uh, and he can go, oh, by the way, 4.5%, you're like, Take a listen. Get a hold of my buddy Scott, uh, 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. Team Ellis, they can take care of you. Again, 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. And uh, when you start talking about 4.5% interest as opposed to what's going on right now throughout the rest of the world, that's not a bad way to go, especially when you're talking to talk about home equity and paying bills and all that kind of good stuff. He can get you pre-qualified. Yeah, boy. Get a hold of my guy, Scott Ellis, and uh, Team Ellis, Homeside Financial, 414-791-7771. Uh, real quick, uh, let's do this. Let's get to, uh, to the phone calls. 877-867-167. Let's go to Mike. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. Great to talk to you again. Uh, Bill, I'm going to throw a different spin on this. Um, I really highly doubt the Packers are going to be fortunate enough to have love fall the coattails of Rodgers as Rodgers fell on Brett Favre. But you kind of got to go back and look at like the San Francisco 49ers when they had Joe Montana and Steve Young. Then you have, they just didn't, you know, it's hard to get three quarterbacks. But then they had Colin Kaepernick. He was pretty good. Um, I'm not saying that love can't be really good, but 
What about looking at it this way? I think the Packers, they fixed their special teams, it looks like. They have a very solid running game. Looks like Watson and Dubs are going to be really good. Um, they, they, you win in the trenches. What about old school philosophy here? You, you have a really good stout defensive line, a really stout offensive line. You got great running backs, a really good tight end, and you have a above average, slightly above average to above average quarterback that makes smart decisions. You can win that way. Look what the '85 yes. Bears did with. Jim McMahon. Jim, Jim McMahon was a serviceable quarterback. He wasn't anything outstanding, but they had one of the best offensive lines and defensive lines in the history of football. So that's how you win. Uh, what do you think about that? I'll throw that at you. Hang up and listen. Thanks, Bill. And, uh, no, I appreciate it. it. Uh, no, thanks. Um, you know, you can go back to and look at a guy like Joe Flacco, uh, Trent Dilfer. Uh, we go through those quarterbacks all the time. Average quarterback. I mean, even like Eli Manning to a certain extent. You can win with defense. Now, when you bring up the Bears, Bears, one of the best defenses of all time. I, I don't think the Packers have that going for them. But, yes, you can win that way. Uh, you're not far off. I mean, that's the way they're going to have to win. They're going to have to add a piece in the trenches that's going to be better than serviceable. And this year's draft, you need an all-pro. You need a guy that's going to come in and go, wow, that guy's going to be really good. You know, you need Rashawn Gary to come back and be Rashawn Gary. Now, we know he's not going to be, but that's what you need. You need Stokes to come in and, and, and pick up where he left off a couple of years ago. Hopefully, he's able to return, I mean, with the ankle injury that he had. Uh, you're hoping that, uh, you know, uh, guys continue to get better. Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, get better. Devondre Campbell has a better season. Preston Smith has a better season. You know, T.J. Slayton picks it up and has a better season. I think offensively speaking, when it comes to your offensive line, you still have to worry about maybe picking up a right tackle. Uh, for as much, I know Zach Tom, for the most part, is penciled in at the right tackle right now. I, I'm not going there. He's a better guard than he has tackle. Uh, it's, it's, is it serviceable, him and Yash and I mean, Absolutely. But is that what you want? No. You want a right tackle. Get better in the trenches. I agree with you, but you got to okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna upgrade positions, okay, let's start talking about this. One number one, you need a tight end first and foremost. Need a tight end. Two, you need an additional wide receiver. Three, you need a left or excuse me, a right tackle. Four, you need another defensive lineman. Five, an outside pass rusher. Six, a safety. Those are six positions you have to fix and or upgrade right now just to make yourself stable. I just don't know if they have that capability. If you get that, that's why when you talk about trading uh, Aaron Rodgers after June 1st, you have the ability to go out and find one of those positions. And if you don't find an all pro, that's fine. But if you find another Adrian Amos out there, okay, then you've taken, then you're down to five positions. If you find a veteran wide out that's serviceable, then you're down to four positions that you need to fortify in the draft, hoping one of those becomes an all pro. You see what I'm saying? So because you have 10 draft choices and you have six positions of depth you need to fill. Now, for Sean Gary comes back and plays well, that fixes one of those positions. You're down to three. If Stokes comes back and plays extremely well, you fix the depth position. But you need a tight end. You need another. If, if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs turn out to be just like accelerated savants when it comes to the wide receiver position, then you fix one of those positions too. 
And if Yash Nyman takes over and you, they say, Yash, just you're the right tackle. Let's go do this. You're the right tackle this year. And he, he fortifies that. That takes care of one of those positions. You're just talking about depth at that point. So it, you, you, you may have some of that on your roster, um, but when it comes to being a capable team, I think you got to get a lot better defensively. You need another body in the trenches. You need another guy that is just going to knock the snot out of somebody in the safety position. And you need another pass rusher. 877-867-1670. Uh, Bruce, listening to us uh, from Augusta. Bruce, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, doing good. Thanks for letting me get in. Um, I'm kind of on the same thing as Mike. You know, if you got two running backs that might have a record year, you have a quarterback that, you know, for every third and one isn't going to go out of the shotgun. He might actually go up under center, you know, fourth and inches. He might try to, you know, they might try to sneak it through. I mean, Rogers, you know, he, he always had the thing of, you know, third and one, and you try to throw it 40 yards down the field. You know, it might be just a different game plan and, you know, more of a old style again with this team. But, you know, it's like I, I think he has a – you can kind of plug and play. And I think with what you do have, you know, you got some they, – they always forget their running backs, and I think they're ready for a record year. Uh, the only way they have a record year is if that offensive line is healthy, stable, and they had that ability to be more like road graders than anything. I, I would love to see it, but the only – do you think defenses are going to stack the box because they're going to wait and see what Jordan Love can do? Uh, possibly, you know, but I guess at this point, too, I'm I'm looking at LaFleur and hoping he comes up with a you know, game plan for his guy. This is maybe somebody he can mold in uh, what they need mm-hmm. to do. So, but, yep. yeah. No, I, I – pr- I, I get it. I appreciate the phone call. Um, I the, the question I ask is almost leading because that's exactly what teams are going to do. They're going to stack the box because the Packers are going to rely upon the run game because they're going to want to open things up for Jordan Love and take some of the pressure off of him. And until he starts hitting passes one-on-one on the outside, down the field, they're just going to say, beat us. We don't have any belief in you right now, so beat us. And if Christian Watson gets over the top once or twice or – you know, they start moving the ball down the field on quick outs to Dobbs and and slot receivers and such, and, and they're able to, you know, maybe their tight end starts to become prevalent and they can push the box back a little bit to where they actually have a run game. Because right now, if I'm a defender, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm looking at it going, what is this team going to do? They're going to want to take the pressure off of a young rookie quarterback, rookie being his first full starting season. They're going to want to take the pressure off of him, which means they're going to try to do the run game. And by the run game, they're going to have quick outs to Aaron Jones, run A.J. Dillon up the gut. They're going to try to establish that run with an offensive line that's been pretty stable. We're going to stack the box. And then when he beats us three, four, five times consistently, then we'll back off. So to say that they're they're due for they're ripe for a run, you know a record breaking running year, I I. Let's drop to our knees and say a novena and hope you're right. I just don't see that yet. And the reason being is is because of Jordan Love being under center. Make him beat you. He hasn't proven it yet. He hasn't won a game in the National Football League yet. Make Jordan Love beat you. And that will open up everything else. 
if Jordan Love can do it. 877-867-1670. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I do. I, I got to talk a little Final Four, right? We got to talk a little bit about it. It's opening a baseball season coming up tomorrow. You got the Final Four coming up this weekend. And then next Monday, you've got the Brewers with their home opener. Monday night, you've got the national title game. We got to talk. And, and does the Big Ten suck? Mike DeCourcy, our guy from the Sporting News and the Big Ten, going to be joining us coming up next. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show, this portion of it. Brought to you by our good friends over there at Skipper Buds. And if you're in the market for a new boat, a used boat, pontoon boat, yacht, cruiser, whatever it happens to be, fishing boat, they've got it. If you're looking for accessories, they've got it. Pontoon, they've got it. they got boats and boats and boats and boats and boats all coming in. Check out our friends over there at Skipper Buds, 262-544-1200, 262-544-1200. Get a hold of my buddy Todd over there. He's a GM. He can help you out. They're looking to make deals. They've got a lot of used inventory as well. As people are starting to kind of lift the covers, going, ah, you know, I want summer to get here. That's my boat. I want, you know, a little bit of snow coming. That's okay because it's just around the corner. You're going to start hearing those things start to roar. The water's going to, no ice left on the water. You're going to start to see some of the boats go into the water. The fishing boats go into the water. You're going to want to get out on the open water, maybe do a little fishing, just cruise around. Just cruise around and go, ah, it's good to see the sun on my face again. That's our friends at Skipper Buds. Give them a shout. 262-544-1200. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, continuing on. Hey, I've been telling you for a while about our friends over there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Make sure you get out and say hi. They've got uh, so much good food, so many good things going on. Uh, get ready, 75-cent wing night. Wingderful wing Wednesday, as they call it. Starts at 4 o'clock. Stop on in. Get them hot, crispy. Order a bunch. Choose the signature sauces. And uh, you can stop on in and check out our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. County Road K in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. And uh, tell them we said hi. They're just good, good people over there. Bring him in now, our guy uh, that uh, covers the tournament, covers college basketball better than anybody, Mike DeCourcy, joining us on the line. Mike, how you been? Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great. I tell you one thing. Uh, we may not have Blue Bloods there, but damn, I love this tournament. It's been a lot of fun to watch, right? It has, absolutely, as it always is. So let, let's start off. I had a caller earlier today that said uh, the Big Ten, well, he said sucks, but he said, oh, it's down. It's terrible. So tell me about the Big Ten because uh, let's start there. You, you know, That's obviously something you're very familiar with right here in our own backyard. So give me your thoughts on the Big Ten and what they've been able to do or lack thereof in the tournament. Well, I, I, so are we going to define the entire season by what happens in one game? Exactly. Let me read, let me read these numbers to you, okay? This, this is the net rankings for conferences from 22-23 season. Number one, Big 12. 107 and 22 in non-conference games, and they were the uh, number one net team. So it's not just that their record is good, but also that the computer thinks that they played good teams and beat, beat them. Number two, Big Ten, 115 and 37, 756, 757 really winning percentage. And then the next after that is the SEC, which is down at 731, and then you don't have any more major conferences that even won 70% of their games. So how is it that bad? I'm right. not saying that their tournament performance was good, but I will say that aside from Purdue, 
where's the where's the bad performance? Well, they didn't get any teams to the Sweet 16. Did you see their seeds? Were they supposed to? They got Michigan State. They didn't get Indiana. So it was basically trading a seven seed for a four seed. And Purdue had a singular, I don't know, dis- disaster, an unfair word. I guess it's not. I mean, you lose to, you lose a, a twice-a-century uh, game. I guess it's not. But, I mean, so uh, did, did Northwestern go out and embarrass itself against UCLA? Well, I think they played pretty well. How about Penn State against Texas? No, they were right mm-hmm. there. I mean, where's the bad basketball that everybody's talking about? Now, is it great? Do they have enough elite talent to win these games in the tournament and get to the Final Four and win a championship? No, that's not untrue. But it, it's not like we magically just found out about this in March. The, the, all you have to do is look at who's signing five-star players, uh, which guys are getting mocked to be selected high in the draft, it's pretty rare. It, it's not uh, it's not unheard of. I mean, I think Chris Murray's going to get drafted. I think that uh, uh, that Michigan's going to have a couple of guys. I think Kobe Bufkin and, and uh, Jet Howard will get drafted. But it's not that common in the league. It, it's it's pretty rare. And to get to where they want to go, they have to sign more of those guys. It's really that simple. Uh, I want to go over to the NIT and talk a little Wisconsin basketball real quick. Wisconsin, at the end of the season, it didn't end the way they wanted it to. Then they get into the NIT and they get on a little bit of a roll before it all came crashing down last night after not being able to score for over nine minutes, which was kind of a microcosm of their season and the way things have gone. Give me your thoughts on the way Wisconsin played and finished the season. Well, I think think that they had a chance to have a – terrific season at one point i think tyler wall's injury really undermined them it's one of the things that isn't discussed enough about how we are like why am i here with san diego state florida atlantic uh yukon and miami and not ucla texas and a couple other people well some of it comes down to injury Uh, sometimes sometimes injuries undermine college season and i think that's probably more true now than it's ever been because teams are thinner because players don't stick around to be the eighth guy, ninth guy, whatever got talented players say, okay, uh, I'm the ninth guy. I'm not doing that. I'm going somewhere else and I'm going to be a starter there. And that's what happens. And that's, that balances out the competition a bit. And it also makes every team a little bit more precarious. Uh, it, it happened to Kentucky. They had more injuries than most teams. Duke had, would probably not have been in a, uh, a five-seed play in Tennessee on the first weekend of the tournament if they had had fewer injuries. And I, I look at Tyler and his situation, and, and I, you know, look, you can trace the, the trajectory of their season uh, through Tyler's injury and his recovery. And when he was playing at his best, they were really good. I mean, they, they almost beat Kansas down in, in the Bahamas. They, they won some, a lot of significant non-conference games. They won some significant conference games, and then he gets hurt, and all of a sudden they struggle. And do they need to add more offensive assets uh, in a, in addition to Tyler for next year? A hundred percent. They need to have at least one more significant scorer that can get, and 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 preferably one that can get his own shot, uh, so that they're not always they're not a hundred percent. Uh, or, or close to it, reliant upon their offensive action, even in late clock situations. 
they 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 sometimes can get that out of Chucky Hepburn, but even he was hurt this year, and then they had struggles to do it when he was absent. The uh, the calls for Greg Gard this year, and mainly for the fact that he has not uh, you know produced the same numbers, we'll say as Bo. It was a very tough act to follow, but. Uh, the calls for Greg Gard. I said this year that's not going to happen. I think uh, this was kind of a, you know, had a lot of young guys. Like you had mentioned, Wall went down. I think they did an admirable job in many different areas, got off to a fast start and set expect- expectations really high. I think next year is when they'll have a very close eye on the program and on the coaching staff and such. But I think this year, I, I, I think Greg Gard, for what he was given and the way the team had gotten so cold so fast in many different facets, I don't think there's anything happening. He's not going anywhere this year. Greg Gard's going to be back next year. Would you Would you agree? Well, I, I would have hoped that you would stop that he's not going anywhere. They won okay. the league last year. Right. They won the league in 2020. So that's two of the last four uh, Big Ten titles that they've won or shared. Uh, I, I like what what are we, what are we looking for here? Right. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're winning the second or third best league in, in, in 2020. I think they were the best league that year. That was the year that they were going to get double-digit teams into the tournament. They're, they're winning that league and, and making fairly consistent appearances in the NCAA. Uh, I don't understand why it would even come up. I mean, I, I, that, that, uh, I, that doesn't add up to me at all. Uh, the people who should be looking to, to fire their coach – are the ones who are on the opposite side of the standings. Uh, they're not necessarily in the Big Ten because in that case, it, they've only been a couple of years in. But the, I don't understand why people who have successful programs even think about this. It, it, it's why you end up – it's why other programs – not Wisconsin hasn't done this, but it's why other programs wind up constantly not in the tournament. Mm-hmm. They, they, well, why aren't you in the tournament? Well, because we got rid of the coach who got us there every year. That doesn't make any sense. Greg's a terrific basketball coach. He's not perfect. Nobody is. Uh, right. I know there was a lot of complaints about last night's timeout. Um, and, and, you know, he may not have seen what was possible there. He may have uh, seen it and decided that it would still be better to call timeout, whatever. Um, but lots, every coach makes mistakes. Uh, and, you know, one of, the, one of the interesting things about the idea that it's a mistake, well, it's a mistake if it doesn't work in the end. But mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, a perfect example. The Big Ten Coach of the Year for a lot of people, Chris Collins. Well, I believe it was when they were playing Purdue, and I was in the studio well, with, uh, with Rafael Davis that day. And we're in the green room, and uh, in, that, in that game, Chase Adige, like just couldn't make anything. And, and they were really struggling to, to win the game, uh, to get into the game. And he couldn't make anything. And I'm just sitting there saying – they got to they got to take him out. I mean, put Chase Barnizer in there and let him do all the things that Chase isn't able to do today. And he's a terrific player. It's just today, you know, it's not a. But today he's got to come out. And Chris didn't listen to me. And then Chase made the three biggest baskets in the final five minutes. So seemed like a mistake five minutes earlier. In the end, he got it right, and I was wrong. So I mean, that's how it works in coaching. It. It, some, when you make a call that doesn't work, it's a mistake. But that doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong call. Right. Uh, before I let you go, I do got to hit on a little bit of the Final Four. And uh, we go back to the uh, comments of what an incredibly exciting tournament is. You've got uh, UConn uh, and uh, Miami and then obviously San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Uh, it, it what, a, what a great tournament. 
But who has the edge? Uh, do we just give it to UConn because they're the fourth seed? But we've seen so many upsets in this tournament. I don't know if we can even rely upon that. Well, it's not the seed so much as it is the way they're structured, the way they're built. They are the only team that's here in Houston that is built like every champion for the last 20 years, or in, in some cases, every champion for the last 35 years. They have, they have first-round picks on their roster. I don't think anybody else here does. Maybe, I haven't seen Florida Atlantic in person, maybe they have somebody who might one day develop into that, but I can't say for sure. But they're the only ones that we know. Uh, ha- Jordan Hawkins is going to be a first-round pick probably this year. And that's, and that's every team since 1987 that's won the national championship. Going back to Indiana and Steve Alford, that, that team did not have one. Everybody since. Uh, Danny Manning on forward. And, 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 and yet UConn's the only one here. Going back 20 years, uh, Ken Pomeroy's terrific college basketball stat site, KenPom.com. Mm-hmm. Every team but UConn 2014 has been top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency. San Diego State 75 in offense. They're not closing that gap. Uh, Miami is 100-plus in defense. They're not. Florida Atlantic, I think, is 24th and 26th. So maybe they could. Uh, but that, that's, that's sort of saying what usually wins isn't here except in the form of UConn. Mike, it's always great to talk to you and pick your brain. I love just what whatever falls out. It always makes me a little bit smarter along the way. So I always appreciate talking to you, buddy. Enjoy the final four, okay? Okay, Bill. Thank you. You too. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike DeCourcy. I, I love talking to Mike. He's such a good dude, man. Just got just so much passion for college basketball and so much knowledge. And sometimes um, Mike uh, just kind of leaves it to you just got to come correct. You just got to kind of understand the reality and the circumstance and take the emotion out of it. And uh, I think that's where we're at right now. But a good uh, a good understanding of where Wisconsin basketball is. Like he said, they, they need a shooter or two. There's no doubt about that. They need a reliable bucket maker uh, or two. Uh, but uh, as he said, you know, in one of the toughest conferences there is, guard just had him there not that long ago. So you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Something I was, I've been saying all season long for some people that get just so pissed off after a loss. And, you know, like coaches are put, you know, basketball coaches are supposed to scheme it up and make it work. And we've seen a lot of teams fall specifically in this tournament down the stretch when they just haven't been able to make shots, haven't been able to do what they normally do. I will say one thing when it comes, and then I know we got a break because we're really late, but I have seen more teams with seconds dwindling away go to one-on-one backyard schoolyard basketball where one guy's dribbling all over the place and trying to be cool and crossing over and behind the back and this and that and ends up coughing it up to give away any opportunity rather than just hitting the open man. They, they want to be the star, and that's fine because there are guys that want that moment. But I have seen more games pissed away at the end of ball games because guys want to play one-on-one schoolyard basketball. And it's in, and I'm screaming. Uh, when we were in Peoria on Thursday night, I was screaming at the TV. Just give it. There was two guys that were open. Just give it. Pass it. Pass it. Pass it. Never would. Ball gets tipped. Guys are diving on the floor. Look at Michigan State. Same thing. Ball's tipped. Diving on the floor. And time goes up. Would you rather have somebody with an open look taking a shot or somebody playing backyard basketball who has the ability to dribble between their legs? 
Uh, it just uh, it was so frustrating watching team after team after team throw away the opportunity at a last second bucket because you've got one guy who wants to be the hot dog. And oh my god, that was that was that was all that was so frustrating. So frustrating to watch. Um, anyway, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors.com. John Antley and his staff, they are terrific people. Love John Antley and his staff. They do so much for uh, veterans and so much for the Wounded Warriors and such with the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy. But they also have the best water softening system on the market. I have it in my house. Absolutely love it. Couldn't love it anymore if I had to. I may go take a shower during the commercial break just to feel the water on my body. It's that good. Call them, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733, or go to the H2, the letter O, h2odoctors.com. That's h2odoctors.com. And anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, John can help you out. That's h2odoctors.com, or call them, 262-549-7733. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I want to welcome in every plumbing and heating. They are in lacrosse and they are supporting our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd for Fisher House, Wisconsin, supporting military members, veterans, and their families. And they were, uh, as a matter of fact, Every Plumbing and Heating was founded by a Korean War veteran, uh, Clayton Every, back in 1969. They're located in Onalaska over there on Riders Club Road, and uh, they service that entire area out there, La Crosse, Trempolo County, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson counties. So if you're looking to hire a plumber with experience in, say, new construction, you go for it. They're also looking for good people, too, if uh, you're, uh, you know, uh, a hell of a plumber, a hell of an electrician, heating and cooling. They're looking for you. They're putting an extra extra emphasis on their customers, their employees. So by all means, get a hold of them. Uh, everyplumbing.com, E-V-E-R-Y, just like it sounds, everyplumbing.com. Or call them, 608-783-2803. If you're in West Salem, on Alaska, Shelby, Holman, you name it, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. That is every plumbing and heating. Um, before uh, we get to uh, um, the rest of the, the program, coming up after the top of the hour, uh, and I know people have a jaded opinion of Mike Florio in this area because he has never had a terrific relationship with Aaron Rodgers. But he uh, was on the Pat McAfee show, and he was talking about the compensation and what it may take to get the deal done between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. So we're going we're gonna to hear that. We'll discuss. Also, give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming up tomorrow. Don't forget. Hey, by the way, don't forget, tomorrow, Brewers baseball during the day. So some areas, our show gets bumped. So if you want to watch the sh- if you want to watch the game, and still listen to the show. Make sure right now you check it out. Download the app on your phone. Uh, download the zone. W O Z N. The zone. Madison. The zone. Madison. W O Z N. The zone. Madison. Download it. Go to your Play Store or your Apple iTunes Store, whatever it happens to be. Download it. Put it on your phone. Put it on your mobile device. Find us at thebillmichaels.com on your computer. Click the link so you can listen. Find us on YouTube. You can find us on the Facebook fan page. So many ways to get all of us. 
That way you can still listen to the program and still be able to watch Brewers Baseball, too, coming up tomorrow. Stay tuned. Another hour of the program coming up right after this.